0: Now, today, I want to um, speak about how Our Lady, if we belong to her, will teach us how to deal with suffering, with pain, with sorrows, with contradictions, with hardships, and uh, with tests. And as a matter of fact, the way she teaches us is amazing. First of all, she gives us her own example. And the whole example will be, I mean, what she experienced through her whole life can become ours. I think it's uh, what she says to Medjugorje and which she taught to the children in Medjugorje is the most amazing teaching about suffering. And she made it so simple. We have all the mystics in the world in the history of the church who experience this incredible joy within the suffering in their union with Christ. You may go back to the mystic as the John, John Paul II um, asked us to go back to the mystics, which is it's, it's an incredible richness. But Our Lady makes it so simple, so easy to reach, you know, and also she formed the children to experience this incredible reality. Uh, I will share with you an image. You know, she like, she's like Jesus. Actually, she taught Jesus about that, how to take the, the simple things of nature and make parables about them, you know. So she takes, for example, a flower, let's say a daisy. You see all these petals, and on the center, you have the yellow kind of heart, okay. Now, you take a daisy fresh in the freshness in the morning, you know, and you see that beautiful flower and all the petals (coughs) are placed in a way that is very harmonious. Now, if you remove the petals and uh, you try to place them back, (coughs) it will be a disaster. Even if you're very careful, if you're a great artist, if you're very handy, it will be a disaster because no one will be able to re find find again this harmony this beauty that the creator has given to this flower same thing with our hearts our lady says you should become like a flower which has all its petals in harmony if your heart is like a flower that is whole that is you know harmonious Clean and healthy, then Satan cannot even touch it because it belongs entirely to God. So yesterday we saw that if we want to be in control, we lose peace. If we abandon ourselves into the hands of God for each thing of our life, we'll have that shalom, We'll, we'll allow Jesus to get into us and to lead our life. And we'll have that peace, that joy, and of course that divine love. So Our Lady gave this on the day of her Immaculate Conception in 87, December 8. And same, you know, we connect that with the uh, suffering because if we abandon ourselves to God, Satan will not have any reach, any hold on us. And then we will be spared from many useless suffering that we create because we want to to, 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 to lead our own life, our own things. And Our ladies were willing to spare us from many useless suffering so that we may carry the real cross that God allow, uh, allows us to carry in our life. We have fake crosses that, that we make up ourselves. This we want to brush them away. We don't need them, but we want to welcome the cross that Jesus allows in our hearts so that we may be not only purified but united with him. And here lies the incredible joy we may get into the suffering. Because Our Lady, the great, great, great teaching that she gave in Medjugorje about suffering, that may your crosses, dear children, may your way of the cross be, dear children, your way of joy. And this is the great news that she wants because, in our society today, which is well organized to be pagan and atheist, of course, we consider the crosses, the suffering, the tears, the sorrows, the catastrophes of any kind of thing. We consider all that as a very uh, negative, and we want to. F- to to get rid of them, and we don't even want to face them. We want to even speak about them. We are terrified by the cross, and Our Lady wants us to cherish the cross. I'll tell you an episode that is absolutely phenomenal and gives the whole point of Our Lady's teaching in Medjugorje. There is one of the visionaries, you know, each visionary has this kind of own vocation in the group of the six visionaries. It's beautiful to, say, to see, and uh, Vitzka is definitely the one who received from Our Lady the greatest, the deepest teaching about suffering. And she was taken, as a matter of fact, from the beginning, you know, um, to be a witness because she got very sick in the early 80s, and she experienced herself the distress of being very, very, um, in, in pain, you know, in her body she had she had a sort of tumor. The brain, she would faint because of the of the pain, you know, entire days. And it's how Our Lady taught her about suffering. So, in the early eighties, as she was taught by Our Lady, this way of joy through the cross, something happened. Uh, Those who have been to Medjugorje know the blue house of Vitska, the family blue house, tiny little house. There were eight children sleeping on the floor. There was no bed. There was no space. Very poor family, but very devoted. And uh, one day, in the little courtyard, very little courtyard, where we gather to listen to Vitska when she's on the staircase, you remember? Actually, um, her mother had boiled some, I mean fried some potatoes or what. And she was going out with this big pot of burning hot oil that she wanted to throw out because it was done. I mean, she wouldn't use it anymore. And uh, in this courtyard, there was Vitska and maybe other people, I don't know. Uh, But there was this little girl of three or four. And this little girl was playing in the courtyard. And what happened is that she fell on the legs of the mother, and the mother lost balance. And because she lost balance she was going to, to fall with this big part of burning of boiling oil. So Vitzka saw in, in one fraction of seconds, she saw the thing happen. She saw that the whole oil would go on the little girl. So what she did, and you know charity is that in one second, inspired by the Holy Spirit, she pushed the little girl away and took her place. That Jesus simply, pure charity. She took her place and got the whole oil on the face. And you can imagine the pain I don't need to describe. And there was no help in those days. There was no car, there was no telephone, there was not even a road, no help. So she waited and waited and the family was around and didn't know what to do. Finally, after quite a while. (coughs) they got hold of a car who could carry her to Mostar. So in the car, there was her sister, Anna, to assist her. (laughs) Best she could, for then there was nothing to do, you know. (laughs) And she reported that during this trip to Mostar, the only words that Vitska could say was, oh, Jesus, Thank you. Oh, Jesus, thank you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. That was the only words she pronounced during this agony. So you got it all. You got it all there. Our Lady needed her to give the message away. So after a few weeks, she healed her completely. That's why you, know, you see no trace of this burning on his, her face today. But she went through that. It's one of the many things she went through, actually. This <laughs> guy is an incredible person. So, But you got it all. How Our Lady not only taught her, like, a teaching, do, do this, do that. She gave her the, the, the touch of what is suffering with Jesus. Because Jesus, through his suffering, obtained our salvation. Mm-hmm. And the same thing for us if we participate in Jesus' suffering by offering our suffering to him, we'll not only help him save more people, but in this union of heart with him, we'll receive that joy because he loves us so much that he was happy to suffer and die for us. You see some crosses from some artists, and sometimes it's a symbolic thing, of course, but. We see Jesus smiling on the cross. It's not that he's not suffering, but it expresses great satisfaction, his great joy to finally make it for our salvation. When you go to the Way of the Cross in Medjugorje, there is one station that is actually the second station. After the condemnation of Pilate, Jesus receives his cross, and we know from Mark Robin or the mystic, this was a beam that was very not smooth, you know, with many little pieces of wood, you know, like this, and with his body completely uh, covered with sores, with the scourging of the pillar, they threw in a violent and nasty and sadic way this beam on him, and his flesh was more open, and especially on the shoulder. So, okay, now when he got that beam could have killed him you know the prayer that came from his heart was not a complaint to his father was thank you father finally i hold that cross he has been Actually, he came in the world for that moment. He has been waiting for thirty-three years to hold that cross, and if you see the panel in Medjugorje, remember, you see Jesus holding the cross as a lover holds his beloved one, cherries the cross. He was so happy that finally he was holding our salvation. And this beam, this cross, this horrible piece of wood that was really hurting him so bad, it's me. It's each one of us. And this is why he held the cross so lovingly, with such a thanksgiving in his heart, because it was us that he was holding, uh, holding our salvation. He had no human strength anymore. It was gone. He, could, he should have died in the previous hours, but through the grace of God, the Father wanted him on the Calvary to die for us. And because it was the will of the Father, he received a supernatural strength to go on, to keep up. And each fraction of second was a new, a right yes, out of love for us, to the cross. Now, today we want to learn from Our Lady how to ourselves follow Jesus. And she said to each one of us, it's not reserved to the mystic, to the people who have a special vocation, and to the. It's a, a message for each one of us because each one of us is meant to become a saint. Now, I invite you to simply. Uh, Look at Jesus on the cross again. And uh, when we look at the face of Jesus on the cross, uh, we could be surprised that in his face he does not express any any bitterness in a rebellion, <coughs> a hatred, in a despair, in a curse. Instead, we can see on his face only love and peace. He's actually in the right place in God's plan there. So there is love, there is peace, and there is joy. Already at the foot of the cross. So I'm surprised to see that. Love and that peace when, when I personally am hit by your suffering, I must confess that my first reaction is definitely not love, love. It might be uh, anger, impatience, those who live with me know that well, <laughs> and um, kind of a fr- spirit of frustration or what. It takes time to recover our peace when we are hit doesn't come just like this. We are not yet there. I mean, I am not there there. And uh, it takes time. Because when we are hit by suffering, what happens is it opens a wound in us. And that wound makes us very um, sensitive. And uh, there is another person near us that will be trying to take advantage of this kind of uh, fragility, it's the enemy. The enemy is coward, and he waits that we are in, in weakness, in special weakness, to attack all the more. That's how he is, and uh, he will profit from this opening, you know, this bleeding wound, to suggest something, and he will try to insert, to inject in our wounds his poisons and God knows how many poisons he has in his basket. He will try to infect our wound and make it impossible to take. He will try to inject, like, despair, doubt of the love of God. Well, if this is is the God, how he treats me, I don't want to have anything to do anymore with him. He wants to inject um, bitterness, and we become, like, negative on everything, you know. He wants to inject jealousy for those who have not the same cross. Uh, you know, I can, I can multiply the examples like this, hatred and all this stuff. He will have a very special, how does, it, how does he do that? He will have a very special discourse, like he will try to talk to our conscience. And he will suggest his own thoughts and his own feelings. And we will feel that. like. You know, you are a good person. You are a good Christian. How could God dare send you that? That's not just. You see your neighbor. Never go to Mass. And his son has not been killed in a car accident. So that's not just. Well, what sort of God is it? Or he will suggest, well, my dear one, you have been suffering so much so far. And with this new suffering, you won't make it. Just don't even try, you're done. Now take your life, commit suicide. No big deal, so many people do it today, It's not. it won't be the first one and the last one. And in two minutes, your suffering will be over. Come on, take your life. This is despair. Or, okay, I can continue like this. And we will listen to that thing, and we will feel the, the feelings that he injects in us, and then we will live our suffering led by Him, and what will happen? We'll lose completely our peace and we'll suffer a lot more, and we'll suffer with Him, and the fruit will be a catastrophe, will be destruction. Now, there is someone else that will approach us when we suffer, someone who is very interested in our wound. It is Jesus, our dear Jesus will be very close to us in a very special way as well as the Blessed Mother. And he also wants to speak to our conscience. And of course, his discourse will be very different. And he will tell us, my beloved child, do not be afraid. I'm here with you. I will help you. We are together. You're not alone. Look at my hands, look at my feet, look at my side. Look how how I suffered too, even more than you. Together we'll make it. Do not be afraid. Abandon yourself to me. I'll help you. And then Jesus will whisper a little favor that we could give him. He will say to us, my child, would you please give me your wound? Give me your suffering. And my dear ones, if we do that with all our heart, the best we can, you know what will happen? Jesus will take the gift. He'll take the offering. And our suffering, our wound, will become his because we have given it to him. He will will take the, the gift. And because it becomes his, my wound will belong to him from now on, because I gave it to him. It's not that I won't feel the pain anymore, it might be lessened, but I, I might, unless there is something very special happening, but I will still feel the pain of it. But since it will belong to Jesus, it will be kind of united to his own wounds. And what came out of the wounds of Jesus? Is it bitterness? Is it hatred, is it despair, is it jealousy? Of course not, it is peace, joy, salvation, healing and all the graces from heaven. So my wound, instead of spreading a terrible negative stuff, will make me an angel of peace, an angel of consolation for others, because I will suffer not with this enemy, but with Jesus, along with Jesus. And something that could have been a catastrophe in my life and a cause of deep distress and destruction becomes an incredible cause of salvation for many, because I suffer united with Jesus. And then the way of joy." Now, don't be mistaken. The joy does not come from the suffering. Suffering is a bad stuff, okay? God did not create suffering, but it came as a result of sin. The wage of sin is death, and, of course, also suffering. So it's a bad stuff in itself. So where does the joy come from? The joy comes from the very special unity with Jesus Jesus through the suffering, very special intimacy with Jesus through the suffering when we suffer with him. And I witnessed a few young girls who were like 18 or 20 years old. It's not the time to die, okay? loved by their parents and brothers and sisters. Beautiful girls, I think of two of them. They both got cancer. They were kind of Sunday-going Christians in those days when the cancer hit their body. And they were, at the beginning, they were distraught to know that they had cancer, they could die. It was hard for them. They wept. Then what happened is, They were held because the the family was devoted. And to make a long story short, in their journey to death, they both died, their journey to death, they had such an intimacy with Jesus, through great suffering, great pain, I must say, that both of them, at the end of their life on earth, were radiating with joy, with an incredible witness of the joy of Christ within their family and they would say, with great joy, I will throw myself in the arms of Jesus. And I thank Jesus for this gift. They were so united that joy took over on the pain. Joy took over on the decomposition, on the uh, weakness of the body. Joy took over on the work of death, physical death that we're experiencing. Joy took over because they were one with Christ, offering their suffering for the salvation of the world. Only when you see that you can believe, but this is true. And if we read the the books of the saints, it's all over. Actually, Our Lady told the children, dear children, when you have a sickness, a sorrow, a suffering, most of you say, Oh, too bad, Lord, why is this falling on me and not, rather, on the neighbor? No, dear children, this is not right. When you have a pain, a suffering, tell Jesus, Oh, Jesus, thank you for the gift you are giving me. Because, dear children, if you knew, The graces and the gift you obtain through your offering of your suffering to Jesus, and then, according to we got all that stuff with through Vitzka, okay. Then Vitzka said, "You know, Sister Ali, also said to me, you can add another prayer. When you have said, Jesus, thank you for the gift you have given me, you add, and Jesus." If you have another gift, I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) I must tell you a little thing too um, that I experienced myself in Medjugorje. One day I was going to the church of St. James for mass, and on the parking lot comes somebody that was close to me and said something so nasty to me, but so nasty, out of the blue, that I was really hurt. And when I got to the church, my heart was really deeply bleeding. I couldn't believe that how nasty it was. And it was deeply bleeding. So during the whole Mass, I had to fight. I, couldn't hard, I could hardly follow the prayers of Mass because I was with that terrible hurt, you know. So at the moment of Holy Communion, I remembered that word from Our Lady given by witzka And I thought, oh my gosh, now I've got to say thank you. So I kind of took a deep breath, and I said, Jesus, <coughs> I, you know, Jesus, I, well, Jesus, <coughs> I, I, I thank you for the gift you are giving me. But then I remember the second part. <laughs> and I thought, oh, my gosh. And then I said, Jesus. If ever you have another gift, (laughs) well, Jesus, if you have really another gift for me, wait a minute. (laughs) 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 We are not there yet. But it's a process we've got to learn. As a matter of fact, when I got out of St. James, the same person met me in the parking lot and said, sorry, I didn't mean what I said to you. <laughs> Jesus was good to me. You know, our lady said, when you have a suffering, a sickness or a pain of any kind, you say, Lord, no, you think that Jesus and myself are far from you. No, dear children, on the contrary, we are very close to you. But you open your heart so that you may understand how much we love you." Our Lady is very, very close to those who suffer. She said, I stand at the bedside of the sick in the same way as I stood at the foot of the cross of my son Jesus. She said, in the same way, remember that. If you have a sick person at home, something, somebody suffering, just remember that. And during the, uh, the war in 92 in Medjugorje, in this region of ex-Yugoslavia, when we had so many, so many um, destructions and, and terrible um, consequences of war, the suffering was all over. Ali said, dear children, your suffering is also mine. The same way she participated, in the passion of Jesus, mystically, she felt in her body and soul and heart the same pain as he did. And this is why she's so powerful in her intercession because she's a co redemptrix, she's a co redeemer. She participated in this incredible work of salvation with Jesus. So she is very close in the same way. Everything that happens to us that is painful, She feels as we do, and we are never alone in your pain, in your sorrow. Invoke her. Invoke her. Now, when we give our sufferings to Jesus and that now on, from now on, it belongs to him, he transforms it so much that it becomes a divine wound. And when we, I mean, I remember this word from Little flower, she said, "When I get to heaven, I will be able to contemplate on the glorious body of Jesus. My own wounds, and they will become like the wounds of. They are they are hidden in the wounds of Jesus. They are there, hidden in the and and you know like you see Jesus, merciful Jesus from Sister Faustina, radiating, healing, forgiveness, light, glory." You know, and my wounds is hidden there, and participating in the spreading of life, healing, peace, joy for the world. See how precious. And we become, like Our Lady, following her footstep, a co-redeemer. Now, a co-redeemer, I have to explain a little bit, doesn't mean we're, that we are a redeemer. Only Jesus could save us through the shedding of his blood and offering himself to the Father, for the sake of all humanity. So I'm not a redeemer, but because I've been baptized, I became a priest, a prophet, and a king. And in my gift of priesthood, which is the royal priesthood of the laity, it has been given to me the possibility to help the redeemer in his works of Salvation, And it is a great gift. This is my, my beautiful priesthood. And in Medjugorje, the whole teaching of Our Lady is that we live our priesthood. And, of course, with this teaching about suffering is the best way to live our priesthood. Priesthood means that I will offer myself with Jesus on the altar and the priests who have received a different priesthood, that same priesthood of Christ, a, priest, a ministry um, priesthood, will take my offering. will have Jesus come in the altar and put my offering with, with Jesus. And he will offer, he's another Jesus and those, that specific time of the Mass, and he will offer Jesus to the Father and my offering plus that of Jesus placed on the altar offered to the father will do that the father will see me through his son and on the way I'll be transformed I will only good you know and then he will spread incredible rivers of grace this is holy mass and when i live mass when i experience mass when i'm in the mass in the spirit <coughs> of god i can do a lot I can do a lot. Actually, the Q of R said, if we understood the value and the beauty of one single Mass, we would die for joy. He knew what he was talking about, but like Padre Pio, he could see things, you know, the entirely um, court of heaven being present. His parishioner that was belonging to the heavenly court, you know, that he knew of before, and Our Lady and all the angels, you know, around the altar, and he saw also Holy Mass being celebrated in heaven at the same time it was on earth, he saw all these things like Padre Pio and many other saints, and he knew what was a Mass. In the, I just look at this, in the hardship, dear children, when you carry the cross, sing and be full of joy." That's Our Lady. I have many more messages. It's it's absolutely incredible. Um, Yeah. Oh, I want to read that for you. I want to read that for you. Dear children, I desire, I wish to take you in my arms. Where you will feel so much good. If only you could imagine what it means to be in my arms, in my embrace. And if you knew how much the world is threatening you, is threatening you y- He's threatening you. You will never turn to him, but you will get into my embrace constantly." Wow. I'll tell you another story about Vizca. It was her birthday in Medjugorje. And she was coming back from Rome when she had an operation because once more she had a tumor at the throat. And she was coming back from Rome where she had been operated. And I meet her there. She was uh, in the house. And um, I said, Vitska, how was it in Rome? Was it not too hard? She was radiating with joy. her eyes. were was like sparkling. She said, sister, I'm so happy. She had a terrible big scar all over the neck, red. She had been open in a surgery. And she had, I said, how was it? Tell me. And very simply, because more simple than vitica, you cannot imagine. You can't find on Earth. Anyway, so she told me, look, when I got, you know, I had to get through an operation, through a surgery. And the doctor said to me, vitica, I've got to be honest with you. When I'm operating you, I am not sure what I'll exactly find. But it may be, it may be that you lose your vocal cord. You say that vocal cords mm-hmm. and had no voice anymore. So I thought, oh. Then when I went to the uh, I mean the, the, the bed where surgery takes place, I said to Jesus, Jesus, you're not going to take remove from me my vocal cord. I need them. (laughs) I badly need them to spread the message of your mother. Or shall I? I mean, I'll be standing there before the pilgrims with no voice. No way. (laughs) I need my voice, Lord. Please keep my vocal cords. So, sister, you know, you know how we are sometimes. Then I lied down and I thought, silly of me. This cord belonged to Jesus. Then I said, Jesus, take them if you want. They are yours. Whatever, Jesus, will be fine with me. They are yours. If you want to take them, go ahead, take them. And then uh, the doctor said to me, you know, when you wake up from the operation, um, you'll give me a sign with your eyes, OK? And I will ask you, "Tutobene," bene, which means, is it all good? And you'll try to answer me. Tutobene, and we'll see if you still have your voice. So, you know, I went through the surgery. After the surgery, when I woke up, I saw the doctor leaning on, on me. I saw his face, and I, I, I how is that? You Wink. I uh, winked. I winked at him, and he said, Tutubene, and I answered, Tutubene. I got them back. <laughs> <laughs> you see, see the freshness, a simple soul that's a Lord, my cords, my legs, my, 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 my hands, my eyes, they belong to you. So if you want to take them, take them. And if you want to keep them to me, to, to, to let me get, keep them, let me keep them. It's your choice, Jesus, because whatever, I'll be happy because I have you. And when I have you, Jesus, I have everything. Our Lady said, when you lose Jesus, you lose everything. But when you have Jesus, you have everything. So whether I have my cords or not, makes no difference if I have Jesus, you see. So Our Lady wants us to enter that beautiful mentality of somebody who belongs entirely to Jesus. Now, Our Lady taught something also in this same move. She said, dear children, thank God for everything He gives you, and thank God for everything He takes from you in the same way. And here I want to speak about our dear, dear St. Joseph as a beautiful example. St. Joseph was, in those days, you know, a young man totally in love with Mary. And he got her as a fiancé. They were engaged. And you know the story that, um, well, they got engaged and uh, he thought, and it was true, that she got the best of the best, you know. Beautiful, kind, pious, uh, gentle, uh, clever. Um, I mean, she was everything. And how, how well we understand that he was in love with her. So he was given the best of the best gift ever given to a man. And he cherished her so much. He was the happiest man on earth with his fiance. But when she came back from Ayn Karim, where she stayed like three months with Elizabeth, he understood that she was pregnant. Can you imagine how distraught he was? It was the end of the world for him. And she wouldn't say why she was pregnant, because she knew that was God's business to warn him, and he had to go through that. So for some days and nights, entire nights, he was awake at night, tortured by this question, what happened? What? I can't believe that she did something wrong, but I can see that she's pregnant. It's not my imagination. And he was tortured that he had to be separated from her. That was the law. And he couldn't think of being separated. You know, he got the best gift from God. So how can he now let go? He was absolutely tortured. And during this anxiety, this incredible deep anguish that he went through, God worked on him. And his heart got wider and wider through the suffering. Because the the suffering, if it goes on a just heart, and a heart that really belongs to God, which is his case, get you a more wide capacity of loving. So his heart got wider. His capacity of love got greater. And then when the moment came for God to stop that suffering, sending an angel to him at night telling, do not. Be afraid, because what has been conceived in her womb is from the Holy Spirit. He received the gift of Mary, but a greatest gift, a greater gift than what he got before. Before, his heart was big, great, and he could fit that incredible gift of God to be the husband of the most beautiful girl on earth, Mary. But in order to welcome a greater gift that was not only the most beautiful uh, girl of Nazareth, he had to welcome the mother of God, which is another dimension of Mary. His heart has to grow, to be wider, so that he may hold Mary in his heart as the mother of God and also the child, the son of God. So God worked on him during this trial so that he may be able to welcome a greater gift. He seemed to take away something very precious from him that he himself God had given him, but it was to be replaced by a greater, greater gift, you see. And then when he went through this old trial, Joseph became the spouse of the mother of God, and he was able to make it. So when we have a very precious something from God, like a child, like a husband, a wife, a health, a house, a job, a ministry, a vocation, a prayer group, anything, a charism that God has given us for good. We're happy. And we thank God for that. I thank God, I thank you, Lord, for my child. I thank you, Lord, for my husband and my wife. I thank you, Lord, for the beautiful job you've given, for a beautiful place in your church that you've given me. I, I thank you, Lord, for my priesthood. I thank you, Lord, for, you know, but one day the Lord takes it from us. I lose my child, I lose my wife, I lose my job, I lose my ministry, I lose my apostolate, I lose my house, I lose my reputation, I lose this. Now, don't complain. Never ever complain. But dwell in a constant thanksgiving because it is the sign that the Lord has a better gift to give you. And expect his generosity in peace and thanksgiving. And the more you're submitted to the spirit of thanksgiving and gratitude, the quickest the other gift is going to come to you. Same story with Abraham. The, the son he had was a miraculous son, Isaac. He was given by God as a miracle. And then the Lord said, give me your son. And he said, yes. And he gave his son. But then the promise over the son was a thousand times greater than what the promise was before because he was not hesitating to give the gift back to God without a complaint, but submitted to the request of God. And for our life, just see in your life when God has removed something precious from you. Just see in your own life. And say thank you to God. So now we'll have a one-minute pause, and we will time, try to take in these words from Our Lady. And maybe we have something to give Jesus right now. The number one, no, the number one cross that we carry, that we never thought maybe of offering to Jesus, It's very secret pain that we have in the bottom of our heart maybe, give it to Jesus right now. Our Lady will help you. So that you may become, through that, a core redeemer and help Jesus carrying his own cross. <laughs> I already said, Today, dear children, (coughs) I invite you to offer your crosses and suffering for my intentions. I am your mother, and I wish to help you by seeking graces for you from God. Little children, offer your sufferings as a gift to God so that they may become a most beautiful flower of joy. Therefore, little children, Pray that you may understand that suffering—that from suffering—pray that you may understand that suffering can become joy, and the cross the way of joy. When you are tired and sick, and you do not know the meaning of your life, take the rosary and pray. Pray until prayer becomes for you a joyful meeting with your Savior. by means of the cross, dear children. God is glorified through every person." Sp spoke about sickness, and many sick were brought to her through the visionaries. And they would ask, would you mother heal that person? Arlie would say, I'm not God. I cannot heal but I will intercede for you, to God, because God only can heal." And she said, there would be many more healings if people would get rid of sin and purify their heart. Sometimes she expressed her sorrow that in the shrines where she is, like Medjugorje, Fatima, Lord, many people come only to get a physical healing. And she says, well, they ask for a physical healing, but they live in sin. No, dear children, this is not right, because the health of the soul is more important than the health of the body. May they go to confession, repent from their sin, and give up sin, give up sin. And then they can ask for a healing. Many more healings will be granted then. And she said, Dear children, when you are sick, when you suffer from something, do not say, Oh, Lord, why is that happened to me and not to someone else? Say instead, Lord, I thank you for the gift you are giving me. For sufferings are really great gifts from God. They are sources of great graces for you and for others. When you are sick, many of you only pray and repeat, Lord, Heal me, Lord, please heal me, Lord. Heal me. No, dear children, this is not right because then your hearts are not open to the will of God. You shut your heart through your sickness. You cannot be open to the will of God or to the graces he wants to give you. Instead, dear children, pray in this way. Lord, thy will be done in me. Only then can God communicate His graces to you according to your real needs, which He knows better than you. It can be a healing, can be a new strength, new joy, a new peace. Just open your hearts to the will of God. And she did give a beautiful prayer for the sick. And I invite you to listen to that prayer. That you may also copy. It's good to have it. We all have sick people somewhere in our close to our center. It's a prayer for the sick, but also for the people who are around the sick, taking care of the sick. She dictated that prayer to Yelena in June '85. "Oh my God, behold this sick person before you." He has come to ask you for what he wants and for what he considers most important for him. Oh, my God, please make this word enter into his heart. What is important is the health of the soul. Lord, may your will in everything be done in his regard. If you want him to be cured, let health be given to him. But if your will is something else, let him continue to bear his cross. I also pray to you for us who are interceding for him. Purify our hearts so as to make us worthy to convey your holy mercy. Protect him and relieve his pain so that your holy will be done in him and so that your holy name be revealed through him. Help him, Lord, to bear his cross with courage. You know, there is one obstacle to our peace in the midst of suffering. It's the fear, because the enemy is suggesting also. And what if this suffering increases? You won't be able to take it. And what if God has a plan to send you more sufferings? You won't be able to take it. That's the fear of suffering. And the fear of suffering takes us far from God, because then we are cautious. Well, God, I I want to be close to you, but I'm cautious because God knows what you're going to send me. What's going through your imagination? Hold on, Lord, you know, hold on. When Satan appeared to Mariana, you know maybe this story. One day, Mariana was in prayer waiting for Our Lady and what came, instead of Our Lady, a beautiful, handsome, wonderful young man. Very, um, you know, well-dressed, very seductive, very attractive man. And he said to Miriana, Miriana, look, you should not follow Our Lady, because the fruit of that will be you'll receive a lot of suffering. Forget it. You should instead follow me. Then you'll have, um, you'll have, um, the you'll, you'll be happy in your love affairs. And Miriana, listening to this critica- criticism of Our Lady, backed up and said no, and when she said no, this beautiful, handsome young man transformed into Satan and screamed to death and, f- and went away. To Satan appearing to Mariana. So she was absolutely trembling and shaken, and finally our already came and said, Mariana, excuse me, but to, uh, uh, excuse me for having allowed that for you, but I wanted you to understand that Satan is willing to destroy you, and he's the author of divorce, wars, suicide, drugs, conflicts, and all a long list of that. Now, I want to point out what kind of, what kind of um, snare, Satan chose to get Mariana in his pocket, precisely that lie. If you continue to go with God, and already you will have so terrible sufferings. You'll, have, you'll be constantly tested. You'll be constantly purified with horrible sufferings. It will be, you have a terrible life there. But if you go with me, I'll give you the happiness. I'll give you satisfaction. You'll do what you want. You'll get everything from me. I'm the provider of all your desires. Come to me. And he's a liar par excellence. And this poison, this lie, is everywhere, even in the mind of the Christians. There is something in us, more or less, that is afraid of God. What on earth is he going to send me? God only loves. And when I hear, yes, but you know, but all the saints have suffered a lot, then I always answer, and the pagan maybe do not suffer. Have you ever seen a saint that has regretted to be a saint? That was sorry to be a saint? Aren't the saints the most happy people on earth? I didn't have it. Well, they experience a heaven in their heart. You know, Our Lady, when she explained prayers, she said, pray, pray, pray. And among other interpretations of this message, pray, 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 we know that there are three levels of prayer. First level, God give me this, God give me that. Well, better than not pray, okay? <laughs> but we are telling God what we want, and we want God to be the servant of own will. Okay, now there is a second stage of prayer when we realize that also God has a will, has a plan, has a feeling, has a wish, you know, for us, and we are happy to submit our will to his will. But to, to come from the first stage of prayer, which is actually a monologue, to the second stage of prayer, which is a true dialogue, when we are listening to God and, you know, open to his will, there is a blockage that we have to go over. It's precisely the fear of God, the wrong fear of God, when you to be afraid of God and of his will. You know, everybody says, well, but the will of God, when Jesus said, your will be done and not mine, it was in Gethsemane. But listen, that was one episode of Jesus. But from day one, since his conception in the womb of Mary, Jesus has only one goal in coming to earth, to realize fully the plan of the Father. He didn't expect, he didn't wait to be in Gethsemane to say, your will be done. From day one, he wanted to do the will of God. And he made it. He made it. And he's a, our beloved Jesus, blessed Jesus. You know? And he was glorified. So we, too, were were, uh, called by Our Lady to give up our fears. You know, I would love that each one of us, after this retreat and during this retreat, may have no trace of any fear towards God. Because where there is fear, there is no love. And where there is love, there is no space for fear. When you fear somebody, can't love that person. You get away from that person. You see? So please get rid of any kind of fear. And, and it's enough to say, Lord, this fear that I have, that I feel in my heart, it's not mine. I don't want it, and please remove it from me. And if I feel it, just know that I don't want it. It's not mine. I might suffer from it, but I don't want it, and I won't. I won't live according to that fear. I trust in you, Jesus. And I trust that whatever you will allow in my life will be only for good. I think that um, these fears that are blocking our way to this unity with God, that is an open door today in a very special way because of the future that is uncertain. And we, whether we are American, French, European, Asian, African, or what, we are crossing a time that is a difficult time. There is an uncertainty about the future of the world. It's real. The crisis is there. And we don't know what's going to be tomorrow. We know that we may suffer more. We know that. So we are called by our lady as we are gathered under her mantle. We are called to lift up our head when everybody got his nose down. We are called to be witnesses that even through the flames there is a light, there is a hope. When Jesus says all these things will happen, you know, in uh, the Matthew and Mark and Luke, when you see all these things happening, Lift up your head. When there was this war in, um, in Medjugorje and all in ex Yugoslavia, and on the TV we could see all kinds of horrible things. When Christmas was near, Ali uh, has a habit to uh, prepare the prayer group with a novena be- before Christmas each year. And on that Specific year of 92, in the midst of the cruel war, we were wondering what sort of novena she will ask us to to pray. And nine, nine days before Christmas, she said, dear children, may this Christmas be different from other Christmases. And we thought, oh, there we are. We'll have to weep and we'll have to, you know. And she said instead, dear children, May this Christmas be more joyful than other Christmases. May you, dear children, be joyful in your family as we were joyful in the stable when my son was born. Of the war, the most terrible sufferings all around, the destruction, she's simply invited to be more joyful because you know what? That joy of heaven was the mean, the best mean ever in our hearts to defeat Satan, the destroyer, and to stop him from continuing the war because he wants war, he wants our destruction. And if we give him the power to look on TV and see all these horrible things too and then be sad and be depressed, depressed and be crushed, We are with him in some ways, but instead, if we look at the beauty of God, the the mysteries of God, our Savior, our Redeemer, our beautiful Lord, will get his joy in our hearts, and that joy will win over Satan, and the war will be stopped. So in this difficult time, when we could have fears, when we could have anxieties, When we could fear for the future of our family, for, I mean, well, maybe we'll be with no food, with no medicine, with no electricity, I mean, who knows? But then what? Divine providence will always support and sustain those who belong to God, and we'll we'll have to be witnesses of joy and peace and love in the midst of the flames. So please think about it, because, If we don't carry that, who will? Our Lady needs us. You know, she said to Maria the visionary something that might be shocking at first, but she did say that. She said, when I was standing at the foot of the cross, and no one will know the pain she was experiencing, seeing her son, the beloved son, tortured to death for a few hours under her eyes. We never know what she experienced. You know what she said? Then I experienced at the foot of the cross the greatest joy of my life. You know why? Because this son that she has brought up, that she has raised, that she has loved so much, was finally fulfilling his vocation, succeeding. He's in job, in his job to save the world. He was making it for us. And because she loved him so much, because she had the divine love for him, she didn't know as many other wom- mothers would have done to be a mess and to go to Pilate and to go to Herod and to go to the high priest and to go to the Sanhedrin and said, please stop this mess, please stop it, Let's take my son out of the cross. No, she knew that doing this work of salvation, he was fulfilling the Father's plan. And she did not try to remove the cross from him, but she was there to help him carry his cross. That's the difference between human love and divine love. And we can do that. We can do that. And we're expected to do that. Our lead needs us to have this divine love for each one of us. Our lead needs us to overcome the um, feelings we have, our sentiments, our moods, our sensitivity, and get over that to contemplate Jesus and his call and his gift and his invitation to be one with him. And with them, to save the world. Yeshua Hamashiach, Hu adon, Hu adon, Lirvone Elohim, Lirvone Elohim Ah, Yeshua. Hamashiach, marsiyah hu adon hu adon lir elohim Lirvod vod elohima